Well, welcome back to the one who this podcast. My name is Nate Robinsoff, and I'm here with Pastor Joseph Tillman, MDiv, soon to be demon. How are you doing today, sir? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Perfect. Yes, sir. Great. Yeah, I, I do have this little pain in my eye, but I don't know what's going on. A it's pain in your eye? A pain in my eye. Why? I don't know. It just started this morning. Which I don't know. I'm not sure what happened. Oh. Yeah. Other than that, I'm great. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, my eyes are fine. <laughs> I think. That's good. That's good. I'm, I'm glad for you. <laughs> Should we pray about it? We'll, we'll do it after the episode. Okay. <laughs> Go to Patreon five dollars. Like, subscribe, share, comment, download. Uh, you can find the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at When I Heard This Podcast, and on X, previously known as Twitter, and locals at When I Heard This. Also, tell your friends about the show. Mm-hmm. Um, today we're talking about how do you how how would I describe this? Today we're talking about how be people get different interpretations from the Bible and who you should believe, basically. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. Mm-hmm. And and basically <laughs> basically this topic came about because because it was like, well I'm talking to Joseph all the time. Mm-hmm. You. Me. And mm-hmm. you interpret things one way and sure. there are other podcasts out there that interpret things the other way and pastors and and conference people and scholars and theologians (laughs) what are they called what are the people that come for one night and and like itinerant ministers and those people evangelists yeah yeah yeah. all those people so everyone says different stuff Mm -hmm. and i want to get to the bottom of it (laughs) (laughs) okay sounds good yeah so uh that's what we're doing today so All right. first question so we've talked about the bible before yeah sure but um so basically like like just to set the stage mm-hmm. recap that whole episode <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay all right so how about this let's just god chose to use various authors over the course of about 1500 years mm. to write this one grand story that we know as the Bible. Right. Okay. And God inspired each one of these individuals to write. It's not like they became like a robot or, you know, he was just like a parrot sitting on their shoulder, that kind of thing. Um, Each one is writing in their own language. So you see that some of the Bible is written in Hebrew, some in Aramaic, some in Greek. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And so they're writing in their own languages and they're writing in their own styles. So you see styles that are happening. You see uh, Paul, for example, has truckloads of puns that he does throughout his letters. Puns? Puns. Really? Yeah. Oh. Um, he's actually pretty funny at times. Um, and so <laughs> there's there's all this stuff that's happening in the midst of the letters. That's So in other words, their styles, their personalities are intact, mm-hmm. but they're still writing the things that God is inspiring them to write. And I'm not saying it's like a... Um, again, not like a robot. They're just being told they're writing and it's like, God's going, yes, that's, that's what I approved. That's, that's what I said. Okay. okay. So um, it's like an editor of the newspaper. Yeah. Something okay. like that. Um, and <laughs> the Bible is comprised of 66 books. All right. So there's 39, 66, six, 66. God has a sense of humor. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> so there's 39. It's not six, six, six though. Right. Yeah, just 66. Yeah, but 
Yeah, but Re- Revenge of the Sith, though. <laughs> Order 66. <Yeah. laughs> I'm with you. All right. Um, so 39 Old Testament, mm-hmm. 27 New Testament, and they're written in all kind of different genres. So you've got historic books, narratives, um, prophetic, poetic. Uh, you have epistles, uh, which are just letters written from individuals to churches or to other individuals. And then you've got like apocalyptic type literature. Revelation. Yeah, like Revelation is an okay. example of that. Um, and then basically what the Bible is doing at the very beginning is it's, it's introducing God and introducing God and his, um, and his creation. So what he has created. Mm-hmm. And then it moves pretty quickly. So if you're in the first book, you're in Genesis. By Genesis 12, he's moving pretty quickly into the calling and setting apart of Abraham. And from the line of Abraham comes Israel. And the rest of the Old Testament is dealing really with the story of Israel. Okay. And and then you get in the New Testament, and you have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and they're introducing us to Jesus, the Messiah. Okay. And so, and then from that point, you have a little, you have a one book, the book of Acts, that's telling us the story of the early church. And then you've got um, some letters from some of its primary leaders okay. to churches and to other individuals. And then, of course, it ends with the book of Revelation, which you mentioned before, which is really like a vision of the end times and what this new restored creation will look like once Christ returns. And we live in between Jude and Revelation right now. Correct. Okay. I remember that. Correct. Man, way to know that Jude is right there before Revelation. Oh, I know them all. Well, that's strong, brother. Yeah, I had to memorize them in Christian school. Did you like have a song that no. went with them? No. So is any of what you just said uh, up for debate? Nah. Okay, are you sure? <laughs> okay, here's the part that actually is up for debate. Okay. Is that, is there one, is there... um was the Bible actually inspired and without error? Right. Or is it not? And number two, are the collection of the books that are in there, the, are they actually the ones that God wanted in there? Right, because people put them together. Right. Because, right. So, for example, the, the Old Testament scriptures, okay, or the Hebrew scriptures, um, they are compiled over time and then it's put together and then basically confirmed at the Council of Jamnia around 90 AD. Okay. That's saying, hey, these these are indeed the Hebrew scriptures that we are holding to. Okay. Okay. And then New Testament, it's kind of the same thing. It's a process. You know, they're all written within the first century. Okay. Um, they were so first century AD. They're all written. And from that point, there's they begin to be collected, and then you see these early lists of the New Testament mm-hmm. letters and and gospels being compiled. And Athanasius in three sixty seven. So I mean, this is about three hundred years later. In Athanasius, you see it's the complete list of what we've got today. Okay, and then that's confirmed thirty years later in three ninety seven A.D. at the Council of Carthage, where they okay. finally say, "Hey." Yes, we are confirming these are the books that we are considered that are considered New Testament canon. 
Okay. And by canon, I just mean like standard. Well, we should we should do an episode where we go through all the books that they rejected, and you can. You now can that would be fun. Tell me why they were rejected. Yeah, that'd be fun. Okay. Yeah, we don't have time to get into all that today, no. but that would be fun. Absolutely. Okay. So um, yeah, so there are just disagreements of inspiration and how they're compiled and are uh, put together, but for the Bible that we have, <laughs> that's you know, for most conservative Christians mm. that hold to orthodoxy, um, ortho and by orthodoxy I mean like just orthodoxy in their beliefs. Okay, we're going to hold to the fact that yes, these these this is the scriptures of God. And they are indeed inspired. So when I read the Bible, what am I supposed to think about or or get out of it? Or yeah. how am I supposed to read it? Right. Or like, like it, <laughs> e either I'm just picking up a book and reading it or there's some divine magic <laughs> that's supposed to flow through it into my face or whatever. As so, you're reading yeah, it. Yeah. So what? How, what is that? Okay. Because <laughs> I really never understood that. Okay. So, uh, all right. So, first of all, I think maybe a good beginning point okay. is to say that the Bible is actually one large story. Okay. And I think that gets missed a lot, that people are just kind of like, it's almost like you feel like it's just kind of like random collections, and it's really not. It's actually one story. Or just a bunch of nonsense. Or, or they can think it's a bunch of nonsense. Right. And but that actually it's one story okay. going from the very beginning of Genesis all the way to the end of Revelation. It's one story. OK. And now it's a true story, but it's a story nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important because when you realize it's just this one overarching story, you realize that all of the books have a part in that story. Like okay. They're actually important. They're not just random. Um, they're not just like kind of randomly thrown in there of like, hey. We think you'll enjoy this, or you might get some inspiration from this, or some wisdom from this. So that has to do with the order of them, though, right? Two. Yeah, the order so, plays a part because in it. you've mentioned before that they're out of order. Some of them. Okay. Well. So well, who decided the order? Okay. So what we have now, like yeah. if you go pick up a a a Christian Bible, okay, what you're most often going to find a Christian Bible, and I'll say most often because there are some Bibles. That'll be like a chronological Bible. Mm. And so it's the authors or the editors of those books are doing the best they can to kind of literally put the whole thing in chronological order. Hmm. Okay. But you go pick up just your average Bible, right? The first part of the Old Testament is going to be all historic. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's going to tell the history of Israel or, or God, God's creation, and then moving pretty quickly into the story of Israel. So it's the story of Israel, and so you get that, and then it moves on to like wisdom literature, like the book of Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Song of Solomon, and those are you know poetic books, they're books on Proverbs, and so they're written by, again, specific people at specific times, but they're not to be read in this like literal way, mm. because they're, again, they're wisdom literature, they're more poetic in nature. And then you move into the prophetic books. And the prophetic books do coincide. It's like you could take some of the prophets, the prophetic books, and you could put them within the, the historic story okay. that's up front. Okay. But they put them all right before Jesus. 
Yeah, they put all the prophets right there before the New Testament starts. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, so as you're reading the Bible, you're right. It does, you know, there is some chronology to it, but then there's some kind of, it's not randomness because they're all grouped together by these genres. So if you put them all in chronological order, would you still get the same Absolutely, story? story. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And so this, and the story really is that, so there's one true God. He created the heavens and the earth. He created his people. They broke relationship with him by disobeying him. And then that calls not only broke relationship with God, but with one another, mm. with creation and with self. And then there's God's pursuit to restore these relationships. And this ultimate redemption, this ultimate restoration is found in Jesus Christ. Okay. And then there's the future hope of Christ's return and the new creation. Okay. And so the story of Israel kind of, you know, it's at its point, at its climax, really is the Messiah has come. And then there's the death and the burial and the resurrection of this Messiah. And this Messiah ascends to heaven. And then now we're coming that waiting point of mm. when he'll return. Okay. So when the church says that I need to read my Bible, right? why are they telling me that? Okay. So hopefully you'll discover I, as I guess you the read. Po the point I'm trying to get to is like, Am I supposed to like feel something when I'm okay, reading it? I got gotcha. you. Like what is what is what is happening when I read it? Right. Or what is supposed I, to happen? I don't think you necessarily need to feel something. Okay. Um I think that hopefully as you read through this incredible story, read through the Bible, what you're discovering is all right, so who is God? What he what has he done? Mm. And how has he revealed himself, especially not only through like the prophets of old, but especially through Jesus Christ and what Christ has done. And then in discovering who God is, we begin to discover who we were meant to be and who we can be and who we can become in Christ or in God. And so I don't necessarily think you have to feel something. Okay. I think as you're, and I'm not saying it's all just an intellectual thing, but I do think that it, like knowing the story and discovering who God is, I think as you begin to put together these pieces, it really does begin to cause this, this transformation that happens on the inside. And again, I'm not saying it has to be this crazy feeling. Um, okay. But at the same time, are we beginning to be transformed, hopefully to look like more like Jesus? Yes. And but I don't I don't want to feel I don't want anyone to feel pressure like, all right, I gotta have my quiet time today, or I gotta have my time reading the Bible today, because they told me to, and I sit down and I'm reading the Bible and it's and it's kind of like, all right, I'm waiting for this feeling. Or I'm waiting for this encounter with heaven or something. Well, that's the way they made it sound like all the time. Because <laughs> I think people like Like to... I'm supposed to be in my room and start levitating. I know. Holding uh, the Bible and <laughs> and light's supposed to come out of right. my chest into the sky or something. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's the way they made it sound. I know. I know. And I'm joking, but I'm not really joking. No, I know. <laughs> I know. And I think... But I would love to talk to those people and ask... Was it really, is it really like that for you every time you sit down with the Bible? Because I bet you if they're honest, they're going to tell you no. Well, right, but that's what they said. I know, and, and they create this like super spiritual right. or mystical experience mm -hmm. out of your quiet time. 
right? Or devotion time. Like you're going to have an out-of-body experience. (laughs) Right. God's going to lead you through all the great things in history and Right. Or or and just that you're you'll gonna start, see Jesus and <laughs> Yeah. Or you'll start like hearing God's audible voice right. or something like that. And and I and I, I'm not discounting the fact that you can't hear God's voice, that you won't see visions, that like I think all those things can happen. But all I'm saying is on the for the most part, I think we're reading the word to discover who God is, what he's done, who he is and you know, revealing himself through Jesus and then who we're supposed to be. Like I think that's the main Honestly, the main gist of what scripture's for. Okay. Yeah. So I don't think it has to be this overly emotional experience. Is it supposed to be the other direction where it's like a pure intellectual experience? No, because if it's pure intellectualism, then I'm walking away going, oh, I have learned something. And that may be the case on some things where like, you walk away going, I did not know that. Right. But hopefully as you read scripture, like, because there are some days you're going to walk away and that's what's going to happen. Like I walk away and go, man, I, I did not know that about God or I didn't realize that was part of the story or, okay, that's that's awesome. But hopefully over time, as you're putting these pieces together, you're reading more passages, you're getting a bigger picture of who God is and who Jesus is and who we are in him. Um, hopefully over a period of time that actually starts causing this Again, this transformation of me, in other words, that I begin to act differently, mm-hmm. that I am different, not just in my actions, but in my, man, I've got, I've got peace when maybe before I would have been worried or anxious because I've really come into this place of going, you know, look at all the way that God provided for his people mm. over history. And if he was always faithful to do that, that I can trust him to be faithful for me right now. Okay, And that leaves me in a place of like peace. And I think that's kind of the stuff that starts happening. Like we're reading scripture going, oh man, I've, I've been anxious or I've been worried or I've been bothered or I've been struggling with this. And now I'm discovering who God is and it's going, oh, wait a minute. That's, that's so different. I didn't know that I could actually have peace because man, look at how faithful he is. You know, look at how he provided or look how loving he is or how accepting he is. Um, look at the way he's not condemning the woman caught in adultery. Look at the way he's actually defending her. Mm. And I think all of those pictures begin to, or all those stories begin to create this idea, this better picture, this better image of who God is. And then I think it does something on the inside of us. People interpret verses differently. Sure. Also, people have... God speak to them through the Bible mm-hmm. differently okay, or whatever. Right. So when I'm at church and there's a pastor talking about a passage and he goes, well, I got out of this this week that blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And you're like, "Uh, well, I don't get where that's coming from at all. Okay. So how can there be different, like, how is there different meanings in verses for different people? Okay. All right. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> okay. All right. So I actually think most passages are pretty straightforward. Okay. okay? And that most Christians who take the Bible seriously actually agree. The Old Testament is pretty clear, right? Mm. There's historic books telling the history of Israel before Christ's coming. Okay. Psalms are straightforward. These are prayers. They're songs. 
you know, um, prophets are recording what they've seen and heard from the Lord, especially in regards to what God is about to do before, during, and after the exile. Um, and so I think they're, in other words, I think they're, everything's pretty straightforward. Like gospels are straightforward narrative stories about the life, death, resurrection of Jesus okay. and the calling of, you know, the 12 and the others that are Mary and, and Martha and Mary Magdalene, the others that are characters in that, those stories. And then Acts is straightforward. Here's the account of the early church. Letters, the letters, I think, get a little more dicey. And the red parts. <laughs> okay, Jesus' words. Yeah. yeah. So the, I think the teaching parts or the letters. So right. I think that's where maybe where some of the differences start to come into play. Mm. Uh, because we're trying to understand from these letters the apostolic teaching that's being passed down. In other words, what did these leaders of the early church believe mm -hmm. about X, Y, and Z? And again, well, and then Revelation is his own category, right? Because there's like a thousand different interpretations. But Revelation of doesn't matter. Revelation it's the future and it has nothing to do with it. Well, I think it's I think it's a hot mess because <laughs> right? right. Well, I mean, I think it's important in some way. I, okay, it's important. Mm -hmm. It's scripture. It's important. But I think what's important about it is to know there is a future hope. There is going to be a new creation. Okay. I think those are the things that's really important about Revelation rather than trying to figure out all of the, are we pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, right? Or is there a rapture? Is there not a rapture? Okay. I think, I think all of those, those, those can be fun discussions. Who cares? But, and, <laughs> But I will say, but those are some of the things that, like, when you're talking about earlier, like different meanings. I right. think, I think if pastors and teachers were just more honest about, hey, this is where I'm landing on this, okay. So, like, when we're talking about just secondary kind of, or even like preferential type stuff, but especially mm -hmm. like secondary doctrines or beliefs. Hey, this is. I've read this. This is where I'm landing in regards to my eschatology or my theology of the end times. Mm. But I also understand there's a massive breadth of where people can land in this and still faithfully follow Jesus. So which type of book is Genesis then? A historic book. Okay. Because yeah. Genesis isn't very straightforward, like right from the beginning. <laughs> okay. Like, so that's what i'm talking about yeah really okay so i mean like i right. listened to a pastor who one time uh-huh like this is a little bit further in like okay. chapter two or whatever okay but i listened to a pastor one time talk about adam and eve and the reason adam ate the apple after eve eve be was because hey this naked chick is offer offering me food and that was his interpretation of that story wow that's like that he got turned on and was doing whatever she said <laughs> like is that that can't be right <laughs> right that's definitely not right right well i've heard that uh, okay. from that's from right. the pulpit before all right okay so maybe uh, all right uh, all right here's what i would say about those kind of things yeah okay. okay so a couple let me hit three different things real quick okay, okay. number one i think if you know, on a lot of secondary type stuff like eschatology um you know, let's just make sure that we're saying this is my interpretation, but there's others out there. 
I think we're more open about that, right? Okay. And then, so, so that's one part. Number two. But wait. Those things. Uh-huh. It, whatever eschatology means. Yeah, okay. Theology, theology of the end times. Okay. So that. It, those things you would say don't matter. I would say don't make them a sacred cow. I would say don't make them dividing points. Okay, so no matter what you tell me on those things, it doesn't matter if I believe what you say. That's the point? I think the point is that church history has a lot of, is full of different interpretations. Therefore, it's okay to find different interpretations on those things. So, for example, all right, I'm using like eschatology is like a big thing in terms of like, is really unknown, right? It's revelations real, unknown, right? Right. It's really like we're really unsure. Basically, okay? the beginnings and of, and the end of the Bible. Nobody knows what happened. <laughs> the first chapter and the last. Yeah. Book. Well, <laughs> until you get to the very end of Revelation, then it all makes sense. Right. Um, but the I think that's one. Like we just gotta own it. There's some mystery in that. We don't quite understand it all. Okay. Mm. All right. I'll set that one aside just because it's future and we don't know. I think there's other things that people get into disagreements with in the church. So they're, they're like the, in the church, they're just dis- having disagreements over mm. that, again, that they should still be able to maintain unity with. Um, and so, in other words, like, all right, does are the gifts of the Holy Spirit for today? Okay. Um, two individuals that are pretty highly respected just debated on this this week i think it was this week it was last week um and you know are the gifts of the holy spirit for today well one person says yes the other says no let's talk about why okay Mm. well in other words let's talk about why two individuals who genuinely love the word of god come to do two different conclusions okay all right and they're both they're both doctors they're both very intelligent they're both scholars right so they and so but they come to two different conclu- conclusions. Same thing about the topic of women in ministry. People come to two different conclusions on those things. And so, well, I guess you have a, a breadth of things, whether it's the gifts of the Holy Spirit, whether it's women in ministry, there's kind of a breadth of where people fall on it. But the point just being is you can come to different interpretations, but it shouldn't be things that we are just like killing each other for. Over, Like in other words, hey, this is what I believe mm-hmm. due to a, my faithful reading of scripture but then I also see this other side. I might disagree with it. I might not think the argument's convincing enough. But I do get it. I do get where they're coming from. And I think that sometimes it just has to, we're not humble enough, maybe, or open enough to the fact of, hey, maybe I'm wrong on things. Maybe I don't know everything. Right. <laughs> okay. And Okay. But here's getting to, when you're talking about uh, uh, like a pastor and he's speaking and he's saying the things like what you heard. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you just kind of look at that and go, ah, I don't know about that. Here's my point. When you're, when you take two different positions, all right, let's, let's use the gifts of the Holy spirit. They today for not today. And you, and you are able to walk it through scripture to come to those two different points, right? What are they doing? They're taking scripture seriously and they're walking them through. They're looking at the context of the passage. Mm-hmm. What does the original hearers have heard it and understood it to mean? What should it mean for us today? Okay. And I think, so that's one thing. What you're talking about is a completely different thing. Okay. 
because you're talking about someone who just stand, stood up there and said, and the worst is, I'm not saying the person you said said this, the worst though is when you hear a pastor go, I was reading this and the Lord just revealed to me. Yes. Right. And there's no context to that. Mm. In other words, there's no scriptural context, historical context, literary context. It's just like the Lord showed me, therefore, this is the right way. Right. And you're just like, oh, I've heard, I mean, I've been that's, in those circles. That's, that's been a million times in church. Right. Like uh, every day. <laughs> Right. And I do wish we would quit saying those kind of things. Okay. Because when we start off the sentence or sermon with the Lord revealed this to me. He didn't. <laughs> or he may have, but you're putting, what you're doing though, is you're creating this like Trump card, right? Like who's going to argue with that now? Oh, right. Because you've okay. just, you've just thrown down. God told me, mm -hmm. You know, it's like when I'm trying to talk to someone about a decision they're making in life and they go, well, God told me. Right. Then I'm not having a conversation with them anymore. God is. <laughs> and I think that there's unfortunately in a lot of circles what I would call a more devotional reading of Scripture. Okay. What's that mean? And what I mean by that is we're, we're looking at Scripture and you're reading it. And the only question you're asking is. What does God mean? What does this mean for me today? Oh, like a horoscope. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, cause you're not asking what is, what is the original context of this verse mm. or passage? You're not asking what would the original hearers have understood it to mean? You're all you're asking is how does this apply to me? So when I'm reading the Bible, it's gotta be a intellectual story framework that I'm getting emotions through that's a lot if that's what it's supposed to be um that's the way you're making it sound i got gotcha. you like i need to be aware in my brain right of the time and place in which what mm -hmm. i'm reading is happening and then i need to yeah get out of that with my heart or something or or get out of it what you i mean I will say because the Bible's living and active, it's not just a dead document. Mm -hmm. Like so, Hebrews four twelve, the Word of God is still living and active. The reality is, I can read the same passages. Okay, I'm staying faithful to the context. I'm staying faithful to what the original hears, what it understood to mean, and yet God is speaking something to me, or in some cases for our church that I pastor. This is what God is saying for us at this time, this season. And he's using this scripture to highlight it, okay? Mm. Uh, and that's one thing, if that's coming out of the scripture. It's another thing if I'm going into the scripture trying to find a scripture to support my feeling or belief. Um, but but what I, but I also, right. okay, so let me, let me put it this way. I think there's a difference between what's expected between a pastor He's going to stand up there and preach and teach versus an individual that's a, that's not gone to school, that doesn't have training of what they're expected to mm -hmm. be able to pull from Scripture. Okay? And this gets into a bigger, and this, that leads into another issue I have. But So let me say this. Pastors and preachers are, there's a reason we're told that we're going to be judged more harshly. Mm. Because we are responsible for the way we're handling the Word of God. 
like you know, Paul telling Timothy, you know, you need to write, you know, you need to rightly handle, rightly divide the word of God. And that's a sobering thing to do, knowing that I'm going to be judged for it. So I, as a pastor, I should be taking the time as I'm preparing a sermon. What is the original context of this passage? Okay. I should know the resources right. for that. I should know how to look those things up. I mean, I, at this day and age, you know, every, and I'm, especially in America, I mean, this day and age, every pastor in America should have Bible software on their computer that they can just get this information pretty quick. Like, I don't have to spend, you know, hundreds of hours on it. But if I just spend just a little time, I can pretty quickly learn what the, what the background information is. Mm. Okay. And I think pastors and preachers are kind of held to that standard. Okay. Now, let's take someone that's not a pastor, not a preacher. They just, they go to church. They're wanting to read their Bible. And then you're going to read your Bible. And I would hope that you're just in the word and that you're learning about God and about who you are and his story as you're reading the word. And I do hope that there's things that are speaking to your heart and your life. Okay. Mm -hmm. But this is my, my, my kind of bigger point. It used to be that scripture reading was not an individual exercise. In other words, people weren't just reading the Bibles by themselves. Okay. They were doing it in the context of community. So think of, for example, think of basically any time in the church before the printing press. So they're gathering. So there'd be one Bible and someone would read it and everyone right. would discuss it. And... Correct. Okay. Correct. So let's say the rabbi, the teacher, like if I'm doing going back all the way to like just to, to Judaism, right? The mm -hmm. rabbi is going to be there in the synagogue and his teaching is not just a lecture. Not that there wouldn't be those times of lectures, but it also is the, he would teach and then people would ask questions of him. Right. Well, what does that mean? What, why this, how does it relate to this? Okay. And, and so I don't, I don't have any idea. We just right. wrote this yesterday. <laughs> There's too many versions. <laughs> yeah, we, maybe, you read it. <laughs> maybe we'll do another episode on just translation. <laughs> and why do we have so many? But anyway, the, but so, and then that goes into the New Testament time period. And the same thing's going on. You've got your teachers and your pastors and they're teaching, they're sharing but there is so much more opportunity to ask questions mm. and to discuss communally together. And I think that's like the beauty of everyone having a Bible in their own hands is that they can read the Bible by themselves. They can read the Bible at any point in time they want. Great. Just sitting in the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm kind of waiting for that to happen at yeah. some point while I'm preaching. <laughs> I disagree, yeah. you know, and, and so, but I think that, but the beauty of it was that there was this, or the, the beauty of having everyone's got their own Bibles, they can read it, that they can understand, like, or they can read it, they can have a, a greater sense of what's going on in scripture. Wonderful. I, I love that. Absolutely love that. Problem is, is we've forgotten the other aspect of it, of, the, reading of, it of coming and reading and studying it together. Okay. You know, and I have found, and, and I'll be honest with you, like it was not really on my radar for a long time. 
the idea of reading and discussing scripture together mm-hmm. in community. It was always, well, just like he's, I mean, how many times have you been told, go read the Bible? All the time. Right. By you're you? Like, right, by <laughs> You know, I'm the I'm the jerk saying yeah. it. Yeah. And so I think that one of the things for me that I've really that I've been coming to is this understanding of how much the communal aspect matters. For both me as a as a pastor to be able to sit with other pastors and teachers and to it and to discuss passages of scripture. Hey, I'm thinking about preaching and teaching on this. This is what I'm thinking. Mm. What are your thoughts? And I'm not saying that you have to be a pastor or you know, some, you know, teacher to give me feedback. I'm not trying to say that. Um, there's someone on almost, almost a weekly basis. When we meet, I give him a summary of what I'm planning on preaching on Sunday. Okay. And then they ask me questions they have from that. Like where were thoughts? You know, and I begin to realize where are thoughts not completely thought like where are pa- places that I've just not thought this through well enough. Where should I consider another way of looking at this passage? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really healthy. And for me, and the, and this person's not a pastor or a teacher, you know, he's a he's a mechanic and just but he's got a he's been in the word for years now and he just is able to give me feedback and I love it. And then there's we have these Wednesday night, what we kind of call conversations with scripture. Uh, at our church now, and it's awesome. I just literally sit up front with a Bible. We go in through a lesson, and we're just kind of going through Scripture. But what it does is it gives everybody in the room an opportunity to ask questions. So it's very informal. It's not like I'm standing up front. Or tell you you're Just wrong. lecturing. Yeah, they can be like, well, what about this? Well, what do you do about this? I, mean, I had someone last week say, I hear you, and I understand what you're saying, but how does this actually really apply in my job situation and they described their job situation and they described what I, how I was saying, did that really connect with like, or were they actually really able to play that out in their job? Mm-hmm. And then I had to sit there and go, I don't know. <laughs> and what is, what do you, what does anyone else think? And I just opened it up to the room for everyone else to start giving thoughts. And I just think that's the kind of the healthy conversation. Um, because if we, if we, if we don't do that, it'll just be. Well, I don't know what a thermodynamic <laughs> rocket compulsion system is, but what I think the Bible is saying here, <laughs> right? And I, well, and I think that's another part too. Like pastors, just say I don't know. <laughs> don't try to be experts on everything. And and so, I mean, I, I remember when I was starting to learn about the third law of thermodynamics, and I'm just like. <laughs> And tried to relate it to fine tuning and apologetics, and I was finally like, "I got to have someone else come teach yeah. this." I don't like, I don't know. I'm out of my league completely. So, but I think that this, but I, I think my point being is in the communal aspect when everybody's just kind of able to talk, ask questions. Mm-hmm. To me, that's when scripture really does come alive, and that kind of safeguards us a little bit from. <laughs> From like stepping into kind of individual error, okay, while looking at scripture, or keeping us kind of in check from not getting out too far out of the bounds of scripture. From starting, keep that would be a very important (laughs) takeaway from this. Yes, let's let's stop cults from from starting by doing this. And I think another part would be 
I've really been emphasizing people being in discipleship groups. Mm. Um, where they talk about the Bible they, together. Yeah, they talk about the Bible together. And so, Don't like, tell each other you're wrong. <laughs> well, and it's been really cool as they've developed at our church and individuals being in these discipleship groups and they're growing in the word together. Mm. And there's no ex biblical, you know, scholarly experts in those groups. It's just people reading the word together and they're trying to wrestle with passages of scripture together. And I just think that's awesome. And again, I think it keeps people from like going off the deep end into some things. Into crazy interpretations of scripture. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I think, again, if people can just ask these, uh, ask some basic questions, it'll keep you from going there too. Okay. So if I was coming into, if I was like a new Christian uh-huh. coming into church, yep, I've got you on this podcast and five million other <laughs> pastors on sure. podcasts yep. with different interpretations. Yeah, am I supposed to just ta- spend my whole life mm-hmm. like sifting through interpretations of the Bible and? watching debates on whether fruits of the spirit are for today or not today or gifts of the spirit yeah. whatever yeah and <laughs> see and, <laughs> and am i supposed to just do that my entire life or yeah, or like what do i do like yeah. i go if i go to one church i'm getting one dude's god told me this while i was reading the bible this morning right. and ha- how do like it's too much? Okay, because I could literally spend my whole life <laughs> right listening to different interpretations of of yes. one verse. <laughs> I mean, right? Like I could spend Absolutely. I could spend my whole life looking up uh, different perspectives on the first chapter of the Bible. Sure, the entirety of my life looking up different. Right. Theories about what actually a day sure. means. Uh, I could spend absolutely. my whole life trying to find a definition of day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and figure out if you're going to be young earth or old earth. Right. Right. Whatever that means. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> but, but yeah. so what do I do to just like, there's just too many people saying too many different things. Yeah. How do I just stop or should I stop mm-hmm. or, and just be fine? Or what, like, I'm looking at all this. What do I do with that? Yeah, (laughs) you're not wrong. There's just information overload. There is. I mean, it's just, it's so saturated. And I know we're we're part of the saturation (laughs) process. So I I get that. Like, I'm a pastor, so I'm definitely a part of it. But we're talking about how it's so saturated. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So we're different. We're different, right. We're not different. (laughs) I don't know, man. We're pretty different. So... (laughs) all right i think that there's this you're right there's this information overload i think that most most places are like in agreement on most things okay like like on the big essentials we're in agreement right okay and i think in most of scripture we're in agreement i think that where things do differ I think that's where we need to say, okay, do I, do I care enough to figure out using your example of Genesis one, right? Do I care enough to figure out what this day really means? Is it literal or not? Is, am I going to be a young earth creationist or not? 
and that kind of thing. I think that because I think at the end of the day, that is not going to have a bearing on how I end up living my life for Jesus. Right. Because I'm more interested in knowing what did Jesus command me to do? Like, what did he, like, he commanded me to love him, to love God, mm-hmm. to love others, and to make disciples. Like, that's, and I know the, the making disciples would be referred to as a great commission, not a great commandment. I get that, but he still commanded it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, go and make disciples. So I think that that's to me the mo- more important parts. Like, am I loving God? Am I loving others? Am I making disciples? Not that, and and that I'm holding to these essentials of the faith, okay? Because that's what we see the arguments in Scripture happening. Like when there's when when Paul or Jude or Peter, whoever it may be, it, when they're addressing a situation within a church body, they're doing so knowing what is the issue that is potentially dividing that church. Okay, And they're wanting to address it head on. And they're wanting to say, listen, you cannot deny Jesus as Christ or as the Messiah. Like you cannot just go do whatever you want to do because now you're free. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like they're addressing some pretty big topics. And so I think we can look at those and go, all right, what were the bigger things they were addressing? We need to have agreement on these things. And then when you get to some other things, it may determine what church to go to or not. Like, okay, using the gifts are for today or not for today. Someone may choose to, like, if if you're a charismatic or Pentecostal, you may go, no, I need to be in a church that believes in the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still operating today. Okay, cool. Go to that church, but don't destroy the church down the road that doesn't believe that. Okay. And so I, what I'm saying is I... I don't think it's quite as chaotic in in one way. It's not as chaotic. Okay. Um, so I think you can find, you know, I can be in a good church, teach the Bible. I'm good. I'm so saying. it's like, hey, I think you're wrong about everything, but high five for Jesus, bro, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to. No, because if those things matter to you, right, if. If you're if you're like you're wanting to find out all the differences, the nuances of mm-hmm. all these different secondary issues, okay? I think I'm more concerned about people just thinking it's all overwhelming. I gotcha. Like, yeah, and I, I think I guess this is maybe the way I do it, okay? Because I don't know how to do it otherwise. Because it is so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like I get people sending me links all the time to another podcast, to another YouTube channel, to a to a book I need to look, to read, you know, that kind of stuff. And I've just got a point to where I just know what I can and cannot do because you can get overwhelmed. And so I kind of have like, I like, I like having a, um, a variety of people that I follow, but it can't be like 10 from every group. Right. I, I want to, I like to hear from a more charismatic perspective. Mm. Okay. So if I want to hear from a more charismatic perspective, who am I going to listen to? Like, who am I going to read? All right. And then if I, if I want something that's not, that's definitely not that, that's a little more, uh, it's still be considered on the conservative side, but it's not charismatic. 
Um, all right, so I may go listen to this person over here who's not. Mm-hmm. But I can't listen to 20 from each side. I, I, you know, I can listen to a couple, but I, I do want there to be a breadth there. But and I do think like if you walked into my library and looked at my library, you'd be like, I'm not sure what Joseph believes. But again, I'm a pastor. I have time. It's kind of part of my job to sit there. And, I mean, I spent literally all day yesterday just studying. Mm. Like I had the time to do that. Most people don't have the time to sit and spend eight hours on a day just studying. Right. So I think you've got to find a, a few people you're going to follow that you trust, that you can listen to, go through their stuff, and then go, okay, maybe I can shift to another few people. Mm. But don't try to take in everything. And make sure the people you're listening to are people that, that have been recommended to you by people you trust. Because there is some, there's some, sh- there's some craziness out there. And there's, more than anything, there's just a lot of shallowness out there in the teaching world. Okay. Like if I'm listening to a podcast, I understand I may want to have like one podcast that's a little lighter, that's more a little more inspirational. I get that. You you must listen to and watch stuff more than I do. Uh probably. About Jesus stuff. Yeah, probably. Okay. I mean, I would rather I would rather take the time to listen to like a two hour hour like deep dive like deep exegetical like interpretive dive into scripture. Hmm. Then listen to a even like a thirty minute like puff piece, you know, right. uh, for me, okay. But then, and, and again, I have I meet with pastors every week. I have conversations with them. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And like we're in discussions, and so I think all that's healthy. But yeah, I don't think I. I guess I would counsel most people just pick a couple podcasts and follow it. Okay, so how how would I know? that the interpretation of the Bible that the person I'm listening to Mm -hmm. is not culting me away. Okay. Is not leading me to cult. It's not, (laughs) it's not leading you to cult. So how, how would I know that when they say a verse and say, God spoke to me and said, right. I must be married to all of the women in the church. You know what I right. mean? Okay. How do I know that that's yeah. not like... Yeah. Okay, if you hear that, run screaming. Right. Um, but... I mean, it doesn't have to be I, that I understand. extreme. I understand. <laughs> I think the cults, what they're doing, they're going to separate you from your friends, from your family that doesn't... They don't believe the same things. Okay. Uh, they're going to start encouraging you. Hey, you need to cut off those relationships. I think my, that's like my point of it is is... How do I know when they're using the Bible to push me that direction, or is the or is the whole point that they it doesn't matter which part of the Bible they're using? This is what they're going to do. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying. Okay, because I think there's a difference between between maybe having an overemphasis on something and therefore being an error. Okay, and then a group actually becoming like a cult based on interpretation of the Bible. Right. Because. Okay. So, okay. You, I, I understand. You may have like, you may have a group that's like overemphasizing, um, like what, what would be called, kind of call like kingdom now theology or, um, okay. Let's put it this way. Like you may have a group that's overemphasizing healing. Okay. 
So like their whole thing is like they're gonna, like healing is a topic every Sunday. God wants to heal people. He always heals people. He never there's not a point he doesn't ever heal people. Okay. Okay. And and then like that's an overemphasis, right? But they're not necessarily a cult. They're just gotten caught up in mm-hmm. wanting to see God heal people. Okay. A cult is that that group I just talked about that's like using scripture to cause you to separate from others, from like family, from friends. Like they're going to use passages of scripture that'll be like, hey, let the dead go bury the dead. Your family doesn't know Christ. Oh, let lead them. Screw them. Yeah, leave them be, right? Okay. Um, you know, you need, you need to, you know, hate your mother and father, your, your brothers and sisters. Um, you got to hate them. You got to cut them off. They're, they're nothing compared to Jesus. You know, so like they would take the, that's more cultish. Like they would take the commandment, love thy father and mother and be like, but this only applies if they're also Christians. Christians right. Okay. Yeah. So that's like, the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, and, how do I know when I'm not being led away from what the Bible actually says? Yeah. And I, I, mean, I think that's a, I think a couple of things. One, they're cutting you off from relationships. Okay. Two, they're saying they have the only interpretation of scripture. That's correct. Okay. That's to me a huge red flag when they're basically like, we're the only ones who have it right. Mm-hmm. No, you're in a cult. Okay. Um, when they're and and part, it kind of goes hand in hand with the cutting off of relationships, but the, the idea of like manipulation and mm. controlling, like we want to control your actions, control what you do, you know, that kind of stuff like that's. And the whole time they're using scripture to do that. Correct. Correct. And, and manipulating it or something. Yeah. Okay. Correct. And and to me, so it's become very, it's controlling. Um, I'm being told who I can be with, who I cannot be with. I am. So what you're saying is you're looking for you're looking for wrong outcomes from how they interpret scripture. Yeah. Like outcomes that don't seem normal. Right. Okay. Right. That that are not healthy. Right. right? That no one, like that anyone from the outside would go, wait a minute, that's, yeah, that's sketchy. You know, like I I think those are, that would be, those are my concerns because you're going to have churches that just overemphasize things. And maybe that's probably a better way of phrasing it. Like we're talking about the overemphasizing, like they're teaching on God loves so every Sunday, do you overemphasize discipleship at church. Do I? Uh, possibly. Okay. <laughs> my my son would wow. yeah. My son would say it's my favorite phrase yeah. on the earth. Okay. And so, um, but I don't know if I overemphasize it. I okay. think I just emphasize it because that's not the crux of all my teaching. Okay. If I was teaching on discipleship every single Sunday, I'd be overemphasizing it. But like we're just literally going through the Book of Acts right now. So whatever that next passage is, it is like this coming Sunday, we're dealing with the fact that Ananias and Sapphira were just dropped dead because, well, I don't want to give my my sermon away for yeah, Sunday, don't give it away. but yeah, I mean, but we're just talking about that story mm-hmm. where they were supposed to sell property, something shady happened and they ended up just dropping dead. Um, and so we're going to talk about that. Mm. It's not really a discipleship thing. It's just a. Just a sermon. Just a sermon of, hey, what's going on here? What would you say to people who are like, hey, there's too many interpretations of the Bible. It must be bullshit. I, I would. Yeah, because, again, the, argu- the argument is, well, you're always fighting with each other over what's right. Yeah. So how can anything be right? Right. And that's why I go back to the but the essentials. Okay. We're all in agreement on the essentials. 
Like we're not disagreeing on the essentials. Um, and so I think that's to me what holds us all together. Like in anything, mm-hmm. there's the essentials that you hold to, and then you have your preferences and your opinions and some of your secondary convictions that surround that. Mm-hmm. And and I think we always have to give space for that because we're not after uniformity. We're after unity. Okay. Like, excuse me. Like we were never told to like absolutely, you know, have everything um like to 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 have everything uh in agreement. Um, you know, because and I know there's like phrases in scripture that talk about, well, you need to be of one heart and one mind. But that's just a Greek idiom for be friends. Okay. That's not saying literally you need to have the same feelings about everything and the same thoughts about everything. It's just saying be friends. But someone else might say you're wrong. <laughs> it means we all need to plug in. <laughs> oh, they would say that. <laughs> and that's okay. Um, and, and so, again, I just think that if if we can just take the standpoint of, hey, you're right, There's there are churches that, that disagree over X, Y, and Z, but we all agree on the essentials. And we're not after uniformity, we're after unity. And I can still be in a relationship with my brother and sister who disagree with me on this over here. We can still be in a relationship together. They may not come to my church. That's okay. Like, but we can still be, we can still be friends. This has been the Word I Heard This Podcast. You can find the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at When I Heard This Podcast and X, previously known as Twitter, mm-hmm. and locals at When I Heard This. Go to Patreon, $5. Like, subscribe, share, comment, download. Um, tell your friends about the show. My Facebook and Instagram is at Nate Robinsoff, and Joseph is on Instagram at Rev Joe T. This has been the Winner of this podcast, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.